I'm Sadek. And I'm Christian. And this is episode 134 of Shades of Brown. And this week, oh boy, it's, uh, I like, we thought last week with, before we like, we, we, I think we literally said we might not have an episode this week. Because we might it won't not be have enough news. to talk about. We're going to have to like talk about Destiny and nobody wants to listen to Destiny. But and guess what? The this. world said, fuck you, Chosa. No one wants to talk about <laughs> Destiny. Go listen to Waypoint Radio if you want. Yeah, that. Go, Instead, go listen to Waypoint Radio if you want that. Kato got all the goods. Uh, but instead what we got is a whole a whole like this this is sort of like a, this is everything that like so this is your lane right like this hit all of your bingo cards it's it's policy bullshit mixed with email mixed with ea games like it is the perfect mix of things you dislike so let's let's like lay the like the uh the, the, the players here so the first thing is we're, there's a, a service a new service called hey hi <laughs> which which <laughs> first first things that's a, i think it's a terrible name but i i don't think it's relevant to talk about the name because that's not the important point here but there is this service it is it is an email it's like a boutique email service right like it is boutique as in like they have a very specific it's hundred dollars a year it's too. okay it's hundred dollars a year it uh it has a very specific design on like a very specific opinion on how they want to do email, right? Like they have a specific method of like managing the inbox and various ways of managing. You have separate inboxes or you have a screen, uh, first time senders, things like that. Like it is very, like a very specific way of doing email. Like, like rather than all of your email going to a regular inbox, right? This app, by default makes it where like you don't get notified for new emails emails get sorted into either three inboxes right and you you decide how you want your inbox to work and it also like names and shames people send tracking pixels it calls the box of things you mark important the inbox which is a terrible word and i wouldn't it's i mean i it's terrible but at at the same time i i it's I, I I'm like all right it's okay cool it's fine uh I get it it's it's important mails in your inbox inbox okay cool um uh, and the thing is like it it's fine it looks it, it's not for me but it's like I'm looking at the UI and it looks kind of nice like it has a nice design you know it looks like it was somebody actually thought about the design you know uh, there's good font usage good use of uh ui elements you know like every, everything looks good and and i think even more important to note is that they're dedicated to making native apps for this so from from the top we have a windows app in the windows store for this for this email service we also have a android app on the play store an ios app on the app store a mac app that isn't on the Mac app store, but for reasons we'll talk about a little bit later, but it is a native Mac app and they fucking have an app on the snap store for Linux users. <laughs> Your boutique hundred dollar e- month email service that is very opinionated has a actual native Linux app. So, you know, honestly, as much as this isn't for me or static, cause we use the fuck out of like mail filters and rules. I am okay with this existing. This is like, Sure, give me native mail apps on all platforms, even if you're using like proprietary thing. At least you're being upfront about it, right? Like, because there's no IMAP, there's no POP three support. At least, I mean, there are there are like, yeah, this is this is an app that you use. It's like a thing that you use as a work. Like, it's an entire email management workflow, and it's like, yes, you're gonna have to use our apps. This this is not normal, e- like normal email, not like standards focused email, like using IMAP or IMAP and SMTP and uh, POP three. Like, I mean, obviously that you probably using SMTP in the back end, but like they're not presenting that to you. They're gonna have to use their web-based API. I'm I'm guessing their clients just use a web API, right? Like a like a JSON based uh API to talk to the server. Their right, server, right. right. Yeah. Uh so so it's not it's like they they they're upfront they're just like we're reinventing email, right? Like we wanna we wanna rethink how how email works and how we inter- interact with email. Okay, cool. And I guess for context, this also works a lot on how like inbox before Google killed it work. This is the same a similar flow to that. And we I think we should also mention this is made by Basecamp, which is made by Jason Fried and David, I cannot pronounce that last name, so we'll call him at DHH, which is his Twitter handle. And um, DHH, yeah, he, yeah. he made the, Ruby, the Ruby on Rails, guy, Ruby, the, the Ruby guy, uh, the, <laughs> yeah, the Ruby guy. Uh, 
Everybody, I think everybody who's been on tech Twitter knows who DHS is. Uh, He's a shit talker, point. and I, it's a very good yeah. He to really is a very loud uh, person. Let's just leave it. He's at Danish, that. so of course yeah, he's Danish. <laughs> um, so yeah, so Hey uh, is has Hi. made this app, and they they are gonna they launched uh, last week, like earlier this week, right? Like it was like they launched on Monday. <laughs> They launched on Monday, right? So and so they launched on Monday. And- what a, imagine? And before we even get into the next issue, like just think about it. You and your team have spent two years, right, building this cool email app. You know, some people they're kind of joking about it in the press, but everyone's like, "Hey, this is an interesting app." People want to get on the wait list. Everyone's pretty, you know, pretty chummy about it. And then you have to deal with this bullshit, which and is the bullshit. Is <laughs> is Apple uh, and Apple's uh, App Store? policies yeah. so this actually this started before the iphone stuff so the mac app was denied from the app store because apple wanted a in-app purchase option in the app and then they said for the mac app they're like well we're not going to do that so you know whatever we'll just distribute it from our own website because we can do that on the mac and even if we you know uh, obviously we would want the uh Basically, what DHA said he's like from user end user experience. We'd rather have Apple deal with the auto updating stuff, but if we have to do an auto update mechanic, whatever, right? It's not the end of the world to build that into our software. It's not the big idea. Yeah, like they can, like they, it's it's doable. Just downloading right? files from like an uh, S three bucket. That's not. Yeah, it's a hard not thing the biggest. Do. Yeah, it's it's not a it's not a like a hard problem to solve, right? Like so, like if you want to set up auto update system, yeah, that's fine. so the Mac up Mac um, version you have to download and install manually, which is fine because you can do that on a Mac. And then they released the iPhone version, which was fine. And then they went to you know launch week. Of course, there's always going to be bugs, right? That you didn't catch involvement. So, like, okay, cool. Let's push out a quick bug fix. They try and push it out, and Apple comes back with, we are denying this update because you do not offer an in app purchase option in your software. And thus began the shit show of this past it does, week. Thus began the, sh- like, it, Apple rejected the, the uh, uh, update. So, so, so the way the app is, is when you launch it, it just gives you a login screen, right? There is no way for you to sign up using the iOS app, right? You you cannot pay for anything in the iOS. App. You're also not told you can. You, you're not even told you can go to the website. You're, they're not even hinting at the at the location you can go to pay for the service. So you'd have to like. I would imagine the only. I would imagine the usual flow for this is you sign up for. Hey, say imagine you sign up for the Hi. for the trial, and then you install the iOS app to, to you know have it on your phone like you are like when you install the app you're gonna have the account already like you're not gonna like i feel like it's one of those apps that you're not just like installing just because right uh but you might i mean you might you might install it just because but like at this point you're like okay so obviously there is no sign up here so i'm gonna have to like you know go on their website and look it up on on a search engine and you know sign up using safari or something like or on a desktop or whatever right but and, and I think it's important to note the flow here too. This is how Spotify works. There's no indication in Spotify that you're able to pay for it or get a premium subscription on the web or anything, right? It'll just say some features are not available without, without an account. And that's the most they could say. Netflix is also like that. Uh, Disney Plus, HBO Now. Well, actually, HBO Now and Disney Plus, you can sign up for in the App Store, but that's another. We I can explain. We can explain why that is later on. But there's plenty of apps. Um, Kindle, right? It'll, fast, the Fastmail app. What are you talking about? Email, right? Like the, the, the Fastmail. No, 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 no. We don't talk about Fastmail. I don't want Fastmail to be pulled from the App Store. No, 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 no. Fastmails are secret. A superhuman. You know, we uh, we don't care about superhuman, right? Superhuman, superhuman you can is... do an in-app purchase on actually. Oh, okay, uh, okay, okay. So I mean, we don't care about superhuman. Let's go like, straight. I don't actually care about superhuman, but you can do an in-app purchase on superhuman but fastmail right fastmail you like actually can't you open so fastmail the hey app actually has more text on it about like what this is in fastmail fastmail you uh, you download it you open it it's just a login screen with no explanation as to what this is yeah just a login screen you have to you have to already have uh, like you have to already know what fastmail is and have an account or you if you randomly install the app from the ios app store you're gonna you're gonna be you're gonna be presented with a login screen. you're gonna have to go sign up on on the on their website, which we we should probably point out, no one does that, right? Who the fuck downloads third party email apps that are not tech nerds? Like, if you use a third party email app on iOS, you're most likely using the Gmail app, the Mail app, or Outlook, right? And like, if you like, Fastmail is is is, is kind of a smaller email service too. So it's like, if you already know about Fastmail, you probably have an account there, right? Already, so that's why you're downloading the iOS app. So you already have an account, uh, but like. Yeah, in this case, hey, with with this service as well, it's 
it's gonna be people who are just who just created a started a trial or are already like paying members of the service who are gonna ins- install the app. And now Apple is saying that because this God, this is so fucking like just thinking about it is making me salty. Is that they they think it's it is a consumer app versus a business app, right? And it's they're saying it's not a reader app that you can do that kind of thing. Which so I think we need a parlay app store terminology here. And you might be saying this is about to sound like some bullshit. Oh yeah, this is this is some bullshit, some some wild bullshit. So basically, how the app store works is business apps can do this. So Dropbox can can do this, or say actually, I think you can even sign up for Dropbox in an app purchase. But business apps, right, are able to have this kind of flow where it only can be open with a login, but consumer specific apps cannot. But at the same time, I would argue that all email apps are business apps in some way because you're doing like even personal business. And st- yeah, yeah, I mean they're both business and consumer. Like email is not restricted to just business or consumers so it's both right and secondly secondly you have reader apps and what is a reader app so uh, let's 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 take an apple term for a second here cuz this is this is extreme peak bullshit so a reader app is an app used to you know get content you know like netflix netflix is a reader app cuz you you read content or you get content in netflix spotify is a reader app cuz you re- read or get content in it you see this this it falls apart because it's basically this is um this sounds like some of the restrictions that like governments pass and laws meant to target specific groups of people right like we're basically going to vaguely describe something but everyone kind of knows we're targeting out like a single group of people that's what like apple's doing with this and i think the thing too is abstractly isn't all software just digital content right like yeah it's what does this like it's so it's like it's it's i think it's vague on purpose it's vague and like conf- archaic and confusing on purpose so that they can do this kind of bullshit right like they so they if it's too specific then people can you know be like hey it doesn't match your restrictions but because they make up this bullshit definition like both like this is like they create their own bullshit jargon and because this jargon is like their jargon, they can define what it is, and then they can define whatever the it can mean whatever the fuck they want it to mean, right? Basically, right? Like they can say a reader app is this, a reader app is that. This is not a reader app, so you cannot do this. Like it's they can make up whatever the fuck they want, right? They they can define this jargon, and in that context of the jargon, they can do whatever. And in this case, like like the hey app is like obviously like. And kind of app that's been on the app store already. And as we mentioned, the fast mail app, right? And then DHS is on Twitter, like calling Apple like a gangster, uh, right? Uh, because there's an important part we need to talk about too. It's multiple John Gruber, Ben Thompson, Neil on the Verge cast talking about it, where it isn't okay, like the Mac story where you put in the app in the app store and Apple says, no, 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 we're not even gonna let you launch it without doing in-app purchases. What is happening now is more people, more developers are reporting and behind closed doors because they are afraid of Apple is that Apple's letting them get the first build in, but then when they go for an update, for some reason, App Store is like, oh, pal, you need to now put in in-app purchases, which is which is strong arming them because guess what? If you are a developer, like Linus Tech Tips on a video earlier today was talking about how like Floatplane has the same problem, which is a paid video subscription service where the majority of the revenue goes to the content creators, right? Like it's made for people to support YouTube creators without like having to go through YouTube's bullshit. And so they can't submit updates to Floatplane without them being able to put in in-app purchases. The problem is, let's say, oh, I've already downloaded this Floatplane app and already use it. Well, then they're kind of forced to update their software, right? Because that's what people expect. And that's what you usually do as a software developer. So you're getting strong-armed in a fucking over your users if you don't add that as a developer. It's, 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 yeah, it's strong army because you're already in there and you already have a user base. Like, I mean, in the case of, hey, it's, it's a new service, but I would assume they already have a use, uh, user base on iOS. And they're like, we're going to update our 1.0 app to, with some bug fixes. And hey, and, and then they're like, oh, you're going to have to add in, uh, an in-app purchase to sign up for the service. And like, then they go, what? Like, why? It's like, that's, it's, I, like, why would they not, like, like, why would it not reject the app outright? Because the app's design has been there since the 1.0 version. Why would they approve the 1.0 version and then reject it for that reason on the on the on the bug fix update? Like, 
what is what is the reasoning there? And some people will say like, well, you get different app reviewers, different people making different decisions. Well, what like what where's the transparency? Like who is making what decision here? Like I, I and what what is the basis? Like it's it makes no sense. And uh, there have been many. Uh, there was a interview with. Uh, there was on a TechCrunch had a, a interview with with uh, Phil Scheller, right? Uh, and and they were like, Phil Scheller is basically like, yeah, our, we we're not gonna change our position, right? We are uh, there are no rules changes uh, imminent. Which I mean, you just changed the rules, so I, like, I I I don't I don't know like what is what is going on like and this and all of all of this like all of this is happening. Well, I think also too, we need to point out the email that Apple sent. Apple sent the email from to, about the appeal that the Basecamp folks had on the Hey app to the press before sending it to them. And this is, I want to read the last paragraph. Let me the last paragraph. So the last paragraph is this is a. Is, uh, Thank you for being an iOS developer. We understand that Basecamp has developed a number of apps and many subsequent versions of for the App Store for many years, and that the App Store has distributed millions of these apps to iOS users. These apps do not offer in-app purchases and consequently have not contributed any revenue to the App Store over the last eight years. We are happy to continue to support you in your app business and offer you the solutions to provide your services for free, so long as you follow and respect the App Store review guidelines and terms that all developers must follow. Now... There's one specific sentence in there that I want to draw attention to. It is the, and consequently has not contributed any revenue to the app store over the last eight yep. years. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what they're saying? Like it's like, ha ha, you, you are, uh, you are, you fuckers are are freeloading on our service, right? Which they're not. Because firstly, do you know how much you spend? To put apps on the App Store, you have Apple $100 a year. You're also buying hardware for your iOS developers. You're likely buying Macs for build servers if you have a big team of people. You also are providing more value intrinsically to the platform because your software is available on the platform. Therefore, users are going to want to buy Apple devices because they could use your software on there. Exactly. Exactly. It's like they are implying... They're implying... They're implying that the developer is providing no value, right? Like the developer being on the platform is not value in and itself for Apple, right? Like they are saying that they are freeloaders who are on the platform for free and they are essentially taking advantage of Apple, which is an incredibly, incredibly Apple that is a trillion dollar company. Just we should put that out a there. A trillion dollar company saying this to a smaller company. Uh, like, like it is like it is the arrogance in that statement is mind blowing to say the least, right? If the arrogance in that statement is incredible. And the fact that they said this to the press, right? Like they are not afraid to say it. They're not saying this privately to the developer. They are saying this to the press. Like this is out there in the open. Like they are not hiding. Like they are, they are just, they, they think that they have the, like they know that they have the upper hand here. Right. And they know that they can do whatever the fuck they want. And developers have to do like follow their bullshit rules because they, the developers don't have a choice. Right. Like there is no choice here. Like you, if you're, if you make an app like this, you, you're, you're going to have a user base on iOS and to have your app on iOS is important because you want to obviously have an iOS app because you're going to have iOS using users. Because more, I think we should now point out also as well that according to Comscore, there's a tweet um, out today that in the US at least, right? Like iOS devices are now the majority of mobile devices being used, right? Not the, and, and to be clear, this isn't like the iPhone is the most phone, the most sold phone, right? But like iOS as a whole is being used by more people than Android is now in the US. So therefore, iOS is the majority here. So if you want to get into the American market and have a business, you need to have an iPhone version. And yeah, right. You're going to need like it is it is like it's either you you're on the app, you're on that Mac, sorry, Apple App Store, the iOS App Store or you are you you basically have no iOS users. Like imagine if you're a Hey user, right, and you use a, a, a use an iPhone and an iPad, right, and then you you go to sign up for their service, and then you're like, okay, cool, the service looks good. I'm gonna sign. I'm gonna go sign up for the trial. And then you see like there is no iOS app. Then you're like, oh, I guess I'm not. 
I can't, I can't, I can't sign up that I, because I can't use it on my phone and I need to use email on my phone because people need to use email on their phone. Like it's like you are essentially killing their service in like, in sort of like a stranglehold, right? Like you're just killing them in a way that's like, yeah, you can't do business here, which means your business is partially fucked, right? It is incredible. The strong, strong army here and the arrogance too. It's, 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 uh, it's, and just, and just before WWDC next week, it's on next. Oh, I imagine any any like people on the developer team at Apple are probably pissed right now, right? Yeah, like people who do developer relations at, uh, at Apple are probably like, "What the fuck are we doing? Like, what the fuck is this shit?" Because I imagine, like, I imagine this is like managers making decisions, right? Like, I actually, I would if I would take a shot at Eric, I would imagine that people who like just are actually engineers at Apple probably think this is much as bullshit as like yeah, it's, yeah, they probably think it's bullshit too. Yeah. Like, Although I, I think imagine. we should also take some detours now um, before we move on to the next part. So, firstly, let's talk about. Why can't you use a web app? Because I think that's an important part to also talk about. Yes, uh, that's that's a, yeah, that's a good one. Because like, what what happened to web apps on on like what is happening to web apps on on Safari on iOS? Like we, I think we use Mastodon as an example, right? Like why can't you? Why can you not get a good ma- Mastodon experience on iOS by using the Mastodon web app? There's a couple of reasons. The Safari team, from all indications, does not believe in PWAs being a thing they would like to support. There have been countless tweets where Safari team members have said they don't even want to use the term PWA. WAPs, they don't believe it's an industry term, right? And and specifically on a technical level, the Safari team has yet to implement web push for notifications and the manifest JSON file. And what basically push notifications is pretty self-explanatory, so you won't get your master on notifications. But the manifest file essentially is what allows the PWA to be a PWA because in that you would describe window behavior, what the icon looks like, and also offline behavior you then describe what a service worker is and how that functions in your app and a service worker basically when you open mastodon a service worker i don't know how mastodon service workers works but how it could work is it's basically javascript code that says oh by the way cache these toots so when you're offline it'll basically degrade nicely right or if a user sends a post and there's no connectivity keep it in this local storage and keep her trying until connectivity resumes right to send that post and it's features like that that you get for free of like a native app that basically makes web apps more native-ish and makes it like a good experience those are not supported at all on ios which means that you can't get a great email experience because you would only work well if you're connected to the internet and a native email app part of the reason being native is there's a local database and you can go through your email even if you're not connected and you know queue up emails to be sent when you're connected later uh, so in in this case of with this web app, this uh, the, the hey email app, right? It's a web API, right? If if it was a fully functional PWA on iOS, they wouldn't need an iOS app, right? Like they they could have a PWA that uses the manifest JSON file. They would have a service worker. They would have push notifications, right? But none of those none of those exist. So they they are forced to make an iOS app, which Obviously, talks to the web servers, talk to their API, talks uh, to Apple's push notification service, right? Like they have to do all those things to like exist as a thing on as as a service on iOS, right? Because otherwise, there is no way for them to exist, right? They can't be like you can probably still use the web app in Safari, but you cannot like you can you can use it like temporarily, but you can't like have it persist as as an, a web app on your phone and have it notify you because I... And I mean, Safari is still kind of buggy, right? And I mean, I've I've been here before. I've said that maybe we develop for Google Chrome too much, but there's an actual reason for that, right? Because at this point, as much as me and Mastodon want to be like, fuck this JavaScript, how we live in React and stuff, guess what? That's how people build apps and they're these are web standards they're using, right? React is not built on native Google proprietary stuff. React is not built on some web standard only Firefox supports, right? Like Vue react all these new frameworks that people use to build web software those are web standards that apple makes an active choice to not fully support and that is and it just makes safari a worse experience to use and even a vp9 right like you can't even get 4k youtube on ios because apple refuses to support it because they don't want to use a google video codec and there's no technical reason these are all product decisions and these are web standards right these are w3c standards 
Yeah, they are business decisions, right? Like in in like in, and it boils down to they don't want to support PWAs because supporting PWAs properly means that they they are they're gonna lose their grip on on the on the app uh, the app store uh, the iOS app store being the sole distribution method of applications on the platform, right? Like they do not want to lose that grip. Like that is the money maker for them, right? That is what there's like they don't want to support PWAs because supporting PWAs is is bad for them, right? It, it it costs them money to not to 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 support PWAs because they if they support PWAs, people can just put PWAs for these simple web apps that interact with the with the REST API, and like you you you, you don't have to di- distribute uh essentially a web wrapper in, in the form of an iOS app, right? Like you you don't have to do that, right? Like the fast, and the even, fast. Well, even then, right? You're having like this happen already on iOS because if you use a React Native app on an iPhone, right? Any code in your React Native app that is not explicitly native iOS code and Discord, right, and other apps can totally build most of their views to be web views and get pretty good performance. I mean, I we obviously it's not great performance, it's not the best performance, but what's the alternative, right? That if you if you use a completely native iOS stuff, then Apple every time you update your app, you're at chance of Apple blocking you until you add until they strong arm you into doing this right. Or you can do a React Native app, and hey, maybe you might get worse performance. But guess what? You can push updates over the air, and you're good, and you never have to deal with App Store review. Again, guess who's at the worst for this? Like the the user here is the one that is like not gonna have a good experience either way, right? Like they're gonna have a shitty React Native app, right? They're not going to have a good web app, right? They're going to have a bad one. They're going to have a bad experience. Like it's, it's not a good experience all around. Like it's like if, if you were able to sign up for these services, like the user, the, the acquisition flow would be so much better for these apps, right? And, but obviously they cannot do it. They cannot even hint to the, to do their own damn website. They're going to put a link there. They're going to be like, Hey, if you want to sign, if you install this app and you, you don't have an account, please call, uh, tap this and you can, we can take you to the website. You can sign up there. Like you can't even do that. Like it's literally like. You or you have away. the alternative, right? And I think me and you were talking about it yesterday um, on a private call where basically, like, say, for example, you know, iPhones, once again, out of majority, there's now this cool $400 iPhone SE. Let's say you are someone who only has a phone, right? Like you, many people in many countries, right? You just only have a phone because you don't, maybe you have a computer at your job, but you don't like have a computer at home because your phone's good enough. So you get an iPhone SE and then you're using YouTube and you think to yourself, hey, I want to sign up for YouTube Music, maybe YouTube Premium, Right. And then you go to it and you see it's $17, $16 for YouTube premium. And then you're just thinking to yourself, wow, it's expensive. And you either are like, okay, I guess I'll pay this price or you just don't pay for it at all. And that's a worse user experience because at this point you're getting charged an Apple tax and you don't know about it. There's no indication that this is cheaper on the web and you're getting fucked over. Right. There's no indication. There's the, the, the person there has no, not a complete information view. Like it's like they don't realize. Uh, because I mean, they don't realize that Apple, like, because Apple charges a thirty percent, uh, a cut of of the subscription fee for the first year. It's uh that YouTube has increased their price by thirty percent to account for the cut. Or actually, too, another example: they can super chats on YouTube Live, right? So let's say, for example, I'm watching a Toa stream. Super chats are a dollar more on on iOS, and and. And 70, so how super chats work is when you're sending a live, you could pay to send like a chat message that, you know, pops up on screen and the, you know, people can read it or whatever, right? And, and the money, 70% of that goes to the streamer, 30% goes to YouTube. Well, guess what? It's a dollar more on iOS. So now you're also paying an Apple tax on top of the Google tax and less money is going to the streamer now. It's, 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 it's all, it's all like that. It's like, I think Spotify used to be used to be able to sign up on iOS and you had to pay more, like 30% more, right? Like on, on the monthly end, Spotify actually, uh, removed that functionality entirely. They were like, fuck, fuck you, Apple. We're not giving you a 30% cut. Uh, we, we, we will, I let our users like, have the worst experience uh, because Spotify was like fuck Apple and then they, they have been fuck Apple for a while right like they have been out here in front of uh, antitrust committees right they have been right there's an EU uh, investigation right that was sparked by Spotify over the App Store practices yeah uh, so EU uh, has opened so let's talk about that I guess that's some, some regulatory things happening here like uh, the EU opened uh, uh, antitrust investigations into the into the iOS App Store and Apple Pay uh, practices, right? Uh, it says, uh, we need to ensure that Apple's rules do not distort competitions in markets where Apple is competing with other 
uh, app developers, for example, with its music streaming service, Apple Music, or with Apple Books. And Apple Music, by the way, uses its own custom in-app billing system on Android not to pay Google a 30% cut. Just want to put that out there. <laughs> Google, Google should just suspend them. Anyway, uh, so, and Spotify has, like, claimed that, you know, like, that their, that app, the Apple uses, like, the App Store to, to stifle innovation and limit consumer choice in favor of its own, uh, Apple Music service, right? And this is true, right? This is, like, this is smart. I mean, Spotify obviously has, uh, or something to gain here, but they're also not wrong, right? Like the Apple Music is, does get a priority, uh, like a, does get that like default thing going on for them, right? It's, like it pushes you notifications, trying to sell you on the service by default, right? Which is breaks App Store rules. Sending sending notifications that specifically advertise services is breaking App Store rules. Just going to put that out there, but of course Apple doesn't follow them. <laughs> and 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 like it's integrated into the app, right? Into the uh, into, it's integrated into the, everything. Uh, it's integrated AirPods, HomePod, Apple TV. Right? You can't you can't say, hey, blah, play this song and have it play a Spotify track, right? You 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 then have to make you have to make a custom series shortcut and then fuck and then go ahead and just turn it on it. But then you have to go ahead and then like make one that says on Spotify, right? And be like blah blah blah, play. Um, play i don't know uh anderson pock on spotify and that's the way you can get it to work which is not something any regular user would actually be able to do and and the uh thing about apple pay as well there's the apple baby here at the uh like app like apple Pay. the uh it appears that apple sets the conditions on how apple pay should be used in merchant apps or websites it's also reserves the tap and go functionality of iphones to apple pay it is important that apple measures do not deny consumers the benefit of new payment technologies, including better choice, quality, innovation, and competitive prices. I think there's another. There's another one too. You know, sign of Apple, right? If you have a sign of Google button, right? If you have any sign in app part or any sign in function in your app that allows you to use third party OAuth providers, App Store rules force you to use sign of Apple. Which arguably you could say, well, it's a privacy thing. But I mean, you're just it. You're forced to do it. Like you are forced to make that. Like you cannot choose to support it. You have to do. It. Like if you support, you sign in with Facebook, sign in with Google, right? Uh, sign in with uh, like a other uh, OAuth provider, uh, right? You have to support app, uh, Apple. Sign in with Apple, right? So it's like it's not like you can choose to support sign in with Apple. You have to do it, which which is. Uh, which is which is incredible, and also like the the response to the to the EU's uh, EU's investigation, like just statement, is deeply like deeply like arrogant again, right? Like it's like it is disappointing. The European Commission is advancing baseless complaints from a handful of com- companies who simply want a free ride and don't want to play by the same rules as everyone. Else, we don't think that's right. We want to maintain a level of playing field where anyone with determination and a great idea can succeed. No, you you don't want to maintain a level playing field. You're already not maintaining a level playing field. Like it's that's the that's if that's the point, right? Did not there is no level playing field here. Like Apple has stacked the card the deck in their favor, right? Like their their apps get like integration with the OS. Like they are favored here. There is no level playing field. Uh, and these companies are not trying to take a free ride. I, uh, that's, I don't think that's the point either. What's, what's even better when they say take a free ride is if you look at the history of antitrust law in the U.S., right? What was the industry that sparked the antitrust law? Railroads. <laughs> Railroads, yeah. Railroads and them trying to capitalize on people taking free rides because you own the railroad. You also own the company that distributes, say, oil. Well, you don't have to pay for oil distribution. Everyone gets charged more because, hey, this is our roads and you don't want them to take a free ride. Like it's, Almost, it's it's amazing that they're using that language, given the history of actual antitrust. Yeah, I hope I hope the EU Antitrust Commission is going to drag them over the coals because God knows their arrogance knows no limits. Because there's also this, uh, I think there's other like app store rules we should probably complain about, right? Like I have some things in here about video game streaming, which you know whatever tap the bingo card, but basically the reason that XCloud can only play one game that GeForce Now and Stadia aren't on iOS, right? Isn't actually because of like... Because originally in the Star episode, I thought it was because of like some technical limitations, right? Or maybe on how iOS handles streaming or whatever. It's like, no, there's actually an app store rule that prevents this specifically. 
because it's the one where you don't want competing app stores. And I guess in theory, because Apple has also been blocking the Facebook gaming app because they think it's a competing app store. So say, for example, if you wanted to make a streaming client on iOS, the way you have to do it is EA Games would have to make an xCloud burnout paradise streaming app they distribute, and they would have to make one for Stadia and GeForce now. You cannot have these apps that like have other games you could stream. Apple even says iOS is not the good is not a right platform for that. And you remember Steam Link, how much Valve had a fight with Apple to let people stream their own games that they own? Right. And, and, and the thing about this is at, at the basic level, all of this, it comes down to the fact that if you want to distribute apps on the on, on, on an iOS device, you have to go through Apple. Like if Apple allowed third-party app stores right and then they had these stupid or even rules. even if they allowed just regular app installations right like on mac os not even like a third-party app store but like you could just sideload whatever app you want and if they if they allowed that or they've allowed third-party app stores they would be sidestepping this interest discussion entirely because then people would be like yeah apple apple does the 30 percent cut for in-app purchases and uh the things like that but hey we got this uh we got this different app store that charges a, a lower, lower uh, cut, right? Like, like you could do that. Like, but then, then, then there wouldn't be a problem. But obviously, the problem is that you can only use the Apple app store. Uh, so, and I think another egregious one we should point out too is like I've always said about the Mac OS stuff, right? Like, Mac OS locking down doesn't bother me as much because you can a still sideload apps and b you can still always run the own, your own code that you write, right? Like at the end of the day on a Mac, you don't need a signing certificate if I compile a software to run it. I can still run software I compile without the system complaining about it. On iOS, fun fact, if I write my hot dope iOS app and I don't pay Apple $100 a year, I can only run it for five days before I have to rebuild it and re-sign it and reinstall it on my phone with a new signing key. Provisional keys are only valid for five days for code, you, even code you wrote and compiled on your iPhone. Yep, it's code you wrote, you run on your own device. Like there, that is, there is. Which, like, you know, the only time me and Linux users lock hands, you know, is like code we write should never be touched by the system, right? Like if I want to write something disgusting, I wrote it, whatever, who cares? It should always run because I wrote it. I mean, obviously, if it crashes, it crashes, but like in a theoretical sense, like any software I write, uh, regardless should be able to be run and the system should not Im- stop me from running said code but on ios it after five days if you do not go back to your computer and reprovision the software it will stop working which is amazing <sighs> it's that's that's just like i it's i i'm like i'm this whole thing i is it has me like it, it's, it's it sucks it really sucks like if you're an ios user and you're reading all you, you listen to this and you're reading all this and you've been uh, Keeping up with the discussion over over the past week, it's 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 frustrating because you're like, ah, dude, like, what do I do? Like, I should I go back to Android? Is that is that the case? Is that what 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 needs to happen? Like, there is no, uh, there's the like, what what happened? Like, what, like WWDC is coming up on Monday, so we're gonna be talking about that next week. So, like, what is going into WWDC? And going into next year with with new Apple devices, uh, presumably, right, and, and a new Apple OS, like like what are people's like? Well, what like if <laughs> what if you're an iOS? I mean, if you're talking about Android, the thing is like if you're talking about Android too, it's like well, if you go to Android, you have a whole host of other problems, which is Google's rules are maybe less stringent, but even they're just as enforced inconsistently. Remember the one time Google took down a very popular podcast app because of coronavirus, because they claimed that it needed to be approved by Google reviewers because it you were able to consume information about COVID-19 in it, therefore breaking the rules on it, because somehow a podcast app can control what media is in there. Or the one time developers say have put PayPal donation buttons, which technically should be okay, but Google took them down saying it needs to be a Google in-app billing um, prompt. You can't use like a PayPal one. So Google's just as inconsistent in their rules. And I mean, hey, sure, maybe you can install Afteroid, but what's the billing system for Afteroid at that point, right? Like, I don't know if that really benefits. And more importantly, like, is who regular users aren't going to install Afteroid. Like, my thing about installing third party app stores is sure, maybe allow it. But ultimately, I think the desktop behavior of Okay, sign software I download from a website and install is a behavior. And maybe it's one that I've said we don't obviously it's a security concern. Sure. Me and you have both said that before on this show. But at the end of the day, having the ability to install software off the internet is more important, I think, than the security concerns that come along with it. Right, right, right. And like 
yeah, so it's, it's, if there is no good choice here, right? There is no choice. Let me write to your center. <laughs> uh it's it's like a false choice right there is you are you essentially it's picking two poisons right and you pick the poison that tastes better best to you right you pick the one that tastes you know the the best like do you wanna do you wanna drink from the apple uh apple glass uh or do you wanna drink from the uh, from the google one like you just pick which one you like more which which services you want to get locked into more, and that's that's the one you pick, right? There is no actual choice in this too too big. It's still a monopoly in many ways. Like it feels like there's two two things, but there's it's it's actually just it's just really. Also, yes, we are aware that Pine Phones exists, and you and your five friends on Matrix really like building Ubuntu Touchboard every week when the new daily builds come out. Please don't add us at that because I'm going to block you. I'm very much aware of Pine OS, and I think it's pretty cool. I just want to put that in there before 20 people in my mentions telling me about Pine OS. I like Pine OS. I like the Pine Book people. I'd even have them on the show, but please don't tell me about Pine Books because for the majority of people, it does not have Snapchat, WhatsApp, Facebook Messenger, and other popular apps, and therefore it is even more useless than Windows Phone was in its prime. Thank you. This is Shades of Brown. <laughs> it's, um, it's just <laughs> it's like yeah people 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 want to use these services and if you like i mean yeah you don't you don't have it like why did why did they have to use these services why can't they use x service uh it's I, that's that's a complicated discussion but like yeah so people want to use these services they, they're gonna make these choices so you, we're gonna have to like get these antitrust regulators in here because god god knows we, we and need. literally like i i don't think what Maybe Apple realizes this, but they're taking they don't care. But like ultimately, them allowing third party app installations on iOS would fix this issue, get regulators off their backs, and then the regulators wouldn't touch the app store. Whereas you know for a fact the US government coming in is basically gonna force rules upon the app store, which arguably is worse for them in the long run, rather than them being able to have their super lockdown store and then just have this third party app option just to appease people. Right, right. So they are essentially in like at this point they are they have got antitrust people looking at them and they could have avoided that entirely if they had, you know, been a little less strict and allowed third-party app stores. But of course, now we are here now. Uh, and the Apple seems to have be even more staunchly set in their positions, right? The, the Their arrogance, as I mentioned, is, seems higher than ever. And they know, they, they think they are correct. They, they believe themselves to be correct. And they believe themselves to be not doing anything harmful, Uh which is the worst because the, when you think you are, you cannot do any wrong is when you uh, can do the most wrong. Because like right uh, with the App Store rules, I think we're talking. I think I brought up one for you to you yesterday. According to the rules that Apple has created, they're following their rules just fine. However, the App Store is a place where, and this is a real rule, an app for writing code cannot have more than eighty percent of the screen filled with lines of code. Because it vi- it's a, just a violation of the rules, and you would not be allowed in the app store if you had more than if you had a text editor that could show more than eighty percent of the screen viewport as code. You are not allowed in the app store. That makes like, and, and the thing is with that rule is like it doesn't make what it, what is the reasoning behind that doesn't like give them a benefit. Like it doesn't give Apple a benefit. Like what is that like some weird UX opinion? Like I I I don't I don't know. Like why is that even a why is that UX opinion an app store rule? Like why is that even a, like a thing, right? Like why is like it's like it's like you it's like mandating that you have to use UI kit, right? Like or uh, Apple's UI frameworks, right? Like imagine if the imagine if the main so like in the app store like if if you don't use the Apple uh, UI frameworks, your apps would get rejected. Like, can you imagine that? Like, they they there, there's so many apps that would not exist. Well, I mean, the if they apps. if they were basically like, oh, you can't. As much as I hate Electron, if they if you outright blocked Electron from being like on the App Store, on the Mac App Store, or React Native for being on the iOS App Store, guess what? People are just going to stop making software at that point. Like Discord, right? If Discord can't use React Native, do you think they would make? a fully native iOS app or would they just try and make a web experience that is really bad, but, but serviceable. Yeah. Like they would, they, I think they would opt for the latter. Because what's more because- expensive, right? To them. And as much as we, obviously I've said before that react native is really just, you can hire less developers, but ultimately you could take those same react native developers and put them on a web project for iOS and save money, then build, hire someone to build a native app kit app or a UI kit app. Yep. Yeah, that's that's also another thing. It's, it's yeah. Uh, Apple, I think Apple doesn't realize that the 
that the reason that iOS is successful it, as a platform is because developers want developers develop for the platform and provide the value needed for people to like like the the apps are providing value regardless of if they are a f- app with with like a free app that that doesn't have in-app purchases or an app with in-app purchases or subscriptions, all of these are providing value by existing on the app store because that means that an, an iOS user can use the app. You can have a great core platform, a great developer environment, and an absolutely beautiful core OS. But at the end of the day, if you have no apps on your platform, you're just nothing more than Windows Phone. You're Windows Phone. Yeah, just 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 as Windows Phone. Just ask Windows Phone. Yeah, that's what I'm about to say. It's like just, just ask, just Microsoft. Just ask, like, just call up somebody at Microsoft and be like, "How did Windows? Like, what what happened to Windows Phone? Like, why did Windows Phone not succeed?" Then they're gonna be like, "Well, no, nobody made apps for us. Like, we tried, but uh, we spent billions of dollars trying to get people to make apps for Windows Phone, and nobody did it. So, so our platform was not successful. And Apple, Apple is like." In this privileged position, where they're like they have developers, they have uh, they have a lot of users. They they, they developers develop for the app store, and that gives their platform value. Not obviously, they they have created the platform, right? They have created the software, the base OS, the the hardware or engineering required to, to make the software run. And obviously, they're not. And you know how they recoup the cost of that? They sell a fucking phone. <laughs> That's how they recoup the cost of their hardware and software development. You sell a one thousand yeah, dollars, but that's phone. not enough. That's the thing is that that's not enough for them, right? This is Apple is a, is a, is a uh, is a public company. Uh, they their their shareholders are like, how are you going to increase revenue year over year? And the the way to increase revenue year over year is to have services that have recurring billing. And guess what? In app subscriptions, in app purchases. Those are the money makers, uh, and those are going to be pushed harder than ever, right? Like this has been a trend for the last couple of years, I would say, right? Like the services push is real. Like this is just, I think, a part of that services push, and and by doing this, they don't realize. I guess, I mean, they do realize, but they don't care. It seems is that they are alienating a whole subset of developers, and there are a lot of developers that are already extremely resentful of a- Apple, right? Like people have reached out privately to John Gruber and being like, "Yeah, I, I like I, I resent developing for for iOS. Like I don't I don't want to develop for iOS, but I have to develop for iOS. I resent it, and you never." want to be like the platform holder and have your developers resent developing for your platform like that's not a good relationship just ask any web developer who had to make their software work in ie6 right a decade ago right just ask all the people who maintain ie internet explorer web applications <laughs> so like, like, like you you're if you if you're if you have a situation where developers feel forced like they're forced to develop for your platform and they do not like do developing for it but they don't enjoy it they do not like your platform they they resent dealing with you and your bureaucratic bullshit like you are in a like you're in a bad position that that's a bad relation that's not a healthy relationship that you have with the developer community right and anybody who works at like apple developer relations i feel like is is having a heart attack right now because like they it has been a very bad week for them and it will continue to be see this is this is great like why why wwc is virtual this year because imagine right if it was in person and all these nerds started protesting right you know protests are in the air 2020 everyone wants the fucking riot you know marco arment with his like ten thousand dollar tesla or like hundred thousand dollar bmw or whatever having like an exquisitely drawn sign on an ipad pro that says like fuck 12 or whatever right walking around <laughs> wwdc should be fire <laughs> like like yeah like the like apple is glad that their, their execs don't have to look developers in the eye this year and tell them that look at all these new developer tools and uh yeah we're, we're still gonna fuck over when it comes to all these app store rules so uh, but hey you, you guys are still developing for us so it doesn't matter uh yeah so it's it's yeah it's it's this is not like it's it's like you alienate you start alienating your developers like this you're not gonna have developers for very long right i feel like this is like this is one of those things where you don't realize how good you have it until until you start losing it, right? Uh, and this is one of those things. Like they have created a the situation is, where they already know this. It's look at the fucking Mac, right? Like Rogue Amoeba has a very good tweet thread, and I think we should realize what. So let's talk about what Rogue, Rogue Amoeba is, because I think talking about the Mac side of this is an important like counter, not counterpoint, but like Clory's, I guess, story to it. So the Mac right now, 
Why do people use Macs? People use Macs for a couple of reasons. A, you're old, grumpy, white, and have a lot of money and have been using Macs since the 90s. B, you make music. And C, you edit videos. And D, you make iPhone apps. There are four reasons that people use Macs for like work that... You know, obviously, personal use is different, right? You just might like Mac OS, but we're talking about like I'm using a Mac as to like make things, right? There are only like four areas that we could argue make that are objectively great uses of like a Mac OS computer. Well, guess what? Let's talk. So, for one, people who are grumpy and like Apple, they're always going to buy Apple stuff, so we could ignore them. Video editors and audio editors. Let's talk about them because I think we've already, you know, we've talked about D the whole time, iOS developers. So, the story there is pretty clear. And Talk about one company in particular, Rogue Amoeba. What does Rogue Amoeba make? They make apps like SoundSource, Audio Hijack, Fargo, Loopback. And what are those? Those are apps that let you interface with the audio system of macOS in a very easy to use way. Like, for example, you used to use Audio Hijack. I've been using it the entire run of this. And Audio Hijack is probably one of the most stable apps I've ever used in my life. We have never lost a podcast recording, except for one time I tried QuickTime. But Audio Hijack has never lost audio recordings. And at this point, I can check right now. We've been going, my recording's going 58 minutes. It is a two gigabyte file wave. Been recording it fine and does not crash. But Rogue Amoeba has not been able to get any of their software into the App Store because the App Store rules. And they have a tweet thread to, you know, going more in depth. And Rogue Amoeba is like a developer you don't want to lose because if I didn't have these apps and I had to use some crappier like cross-platform alternative for like working with audio, I would be, it would be, why would I use a Mac at that point, right? Like if my plugins, right? Like if the companies that make my plugins for Logic just said they're done with Apple's policies and they don't, and they're just going to stop making Mac software because it's not worth it. Then at that point, you don't, there's no like, there's no reason for me to use a Mac because even, even if the editor is good, right? It's like it's the ecosystem around it and the different apps you can use to help make your stuff that's more important than just being able to use like a version of Adobe's apps or Logic or Final Cut or whatever on your on your computer. And I don't think they realize how important that is because ultimately, if I couldn't use audio, if Audio Hijack just stopped being a thing, right? And Rogue Amoeba Software stopped being a thing and Isotope stopped making Mac versions, right? I'm just going to go use it on Windows, right? I'm not going to, I'm not, I have no reason to use a Mac at that point. Ditto for like video software, right? If all of your piece, if all of your plugins for color grading and Final Cut for, or say, say for example, for like Apple and Studio System Policy and you can use red software anymore. You can, you can, you can actually work like a red camera. Guess people aren't making movies on Macs that are going to go use DaVinci Resolve or some other software on Windows because then you could use it works if your workflow and they, Apple has been taking that for granted on the consumer side and trying to, push consumers into it and now you see that every back apps like an electron app right and that's and i feel like, like they, they have already lost uh, a subset of developers because because the back app store is so restrictive and because develop there is back has i think the mac i don't know if the mac is uh, like the user base is is slowly decreasing i don't know actually i don't have no no, no max are people are buying more macs but like it's it's just I think it's just more of that like Macs are becoming right because ultimately where you end up as a Mac will just become a computer like a glorified Chromebook right if you have no software for like actually making things and everything's an Electron app you just have a glorified Chromebook that costs more and is made out of like all aluminum <laughs> right and at that point why would you not get a Windows machine that is probably cheaper right like it's like the, and it's like the only reason you would buy it feels like the only reason you would buy Mac OS uh, uh, Mac OS computer is because you like Mac OS at this point like you you are strictly uh, like a Mac like you like Mac OS so much you cannot use Windows for some reason I, I, those, those well, are, I mean like I said I think the two video and audio reasons are still good for now but right but the way that they've been going with Mac OS releases it just seems like it's developers are getting like pushed into having to follow bullshit policies more because right the whole gatekeeper thing that we were talking about gate notarization. Like, do you know, do you know what happened to all the old games that ran on Mac OS? Mac OS has no more games. No one's updated their games, right? If you go on game Twitter, game Twitter is basically like, we don't want to pay for this. We're just not going to update our games. Yeah, nobody cares. Like, why would like, like if you, if you ask, uh, like if you ask like a small indie developer, like, Hey, your game doesn't work on Mac OS anywhere, but they're like, sorry, but like, it's, it's not worth it for them to develop, like update the Mac version of their of their game. That again, mind you, that's probably like years old at this point, right? Like, there's no, like it's it's just like it doesn't matter. Like, if you, people are not gonna play the game on Mac OS. It's it's fine because you're paying a hundred dollars a year to play that game for the developer, right? They're paying a hundred dollars a year to basically piece 
if you sign an app once and then you let your developer account expire, bye-bye certificate, your app is no longer signed. Yep. And it will no longer work, right? Like the user cannot launch it anymore, right? Like it will, it will, it will be like this, this app is uh, not valid. Uh, which, yeah. So like it's, it's a, it's a shit show. Apple is treating developers like shit and they have been treating developers like shit for a long time, actually. And this, uh, this is just like the latest, like, like a lot of, uh, a lot of these things sort of like boiled over to uh, uh, like a, this sort of big discussion, but like this has been happening for years. Like this is not a new problem, right? Apple has been treating uh, developers like shit for years, and a lot of developers don't say anything, especially iOS developers, because they don't know, they don't want to be sidelined by Apple because they they want to you know they they make their living through the iOS App Store, and they don't want to uh, understandably get fucked over by Apple and not be able to make make uh make rent like it's it's like a thing so there are probably a lot of resentful ios developers that are like that are very like feeling very vindicated right now people who are like people who have been privately reaching out to bloggers have been like hey yeah i, I i've been facing i've been facing these x xyz problems for years uh and when john gruber's saying this is bullshit you know you fucked up yeah you know you fucked up like if john gruber is on his blog being like yeah, this is like your your developers are resenting you, and they, they don't like you. They don't want to develop for it. And do you know you fucked up, bro? Like it's it's like the Apple bloggers are out here being like, yeah, this is fucked up. This is whack. And you, you and you know when you are and you like people who normally have normally are like. I mean, I wouldn't say like they're fanboys, right? But they are distinctly like very. Uh, very much heavily into the Apple ecosystem, right? And they use Apple products and they uh, talk about Apple positively a lot. But in this case, there is, seems to be a sort of like unanimous uh, agreement that this is bullshit, right? Right? Like, which because there's no counter arguments. What's a counter argument? Oh, you need the App Store because it helps run malware. Well, guess what? Microsoft has found a way to reduce malware on Windows, right? And sure, maybe it isn't perfect. But Mac OS as well has a far more open system because shit, I'm not even asking for like full desktop Linux stuff, right? Like me, I think me and you are, if you, if we had to do the gatekeeper stuff, for sure you're paying for it. I feel like we'd be fine with that. But, but it's just, it's silly. And the other argument, right, is like, oh, prior to the iPhone, like Verizon and their custom like QNX based operating system when your Nokia, 3, Nokia 33010, right, would take like 70% of a cut. Well, guess what? It's not 2005 anymore. That argument doesn't hold weight. Yeah, it's not 2005 anymore. Who cares? It's, it's, it's 2020 and Apple is doing this. It's not like the, I, people, I think people keep making this like what about ism arguments like, hey, what about, uh, what about, uh, game consoles? What about, uh, what about why, why, why does my, how much of a cut does Microsoft, uh, take from, from game developers? <laughs> Why is that like if that's like why is that even like it doesn't make it better like it doesn't like it does not an excuse. Also, but. your phone is a general computing device and not a game console, which I think is important to note. Yeah, that's that's also another thing. Yes, uh, so so that's the Apple. Uh, there's going to be a lot of links, uh, a lot of stuff to read. Uh, obviously, discussion has been ongoing. Discussion will continue to happen since WWDC is coming up. Uh, this. This is going to be on people's minds, which is not the narrative that developer relations people at Apple probably want, but it's the one they have to deal with. Uh, so let's talk about something a little bit lighter. Uh, and EA Games uh, had a uh, EA had a little uh, little, I guess, uh, live stream uh, showing off some of their some of the games that they're going to be releasing in the coming years or so. Uh, which one do we want to talk about Apex Legends first? I feel like we should talk about Apex Legends. Yeah, we talk about Apex Legends, and this one's great. So, Sadik over here hates EA, thinks EA is bad, but I'm neutral because I, you know, all companies are bad. And even though Sadik hypocritically plays Overwatch and gives Activision Blizzard money, but does but doesn't want to give EA money, which arguably they're the worst company in this mix. You know, let's not even talk about that. Let's talk about Apex Legends. So yeah, it's it's just a meme at this. I like I actually don't hate EA more than other companies. It's like I'm just better about Need for Speed. It's uh, that's that's all that is. It's it's just I'm better about Need for Speed. And also that that one. <laughs> okay, let's just talk no, about. Wait, do not talk about that Command and Conquer game because they fucking put out an open source version of the remaster of the original. You know, fuck it. Let's. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I know. It's it's all irrational. Uh, you know, it's not Apex, irrational so though. Fine. Apex Legends is coming to the Switch and getting crossplay. And now this is important for a couple of reasons. Mostly personally for me because I center myself in most things in my life because I love myself. Um, I was paying for GeForce now. Now I I like. 
all these games getting crossplay, it means I don't have to play the garbage PC versions over a network, right? Because then I could just play a local version and we could have a great time. And 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 the thing is, I get to play with people who play on PS4, uh, which is great. There's the, I know some couple people who play Apex Legends and uh, want want to play. If we could, we could have people playing on a PS4. Like we could have three people, right? We could somebody have a PS4, somebody be on Xbox One, and somebody be on PC, right? Either Steam or Origin. And guess what? It is coming to Steam. Uh, I guess with the crossplay. Uh, Although the important note is, is it going to still require Origin to be installed? I, right? I, don't, like, I, don't, I don't think that's that, right? clear yet, uh, but we will fi- find out whenever this is, comes out this fall is that there is going to be a, a Steam version. Uh, I, and a I, Switch I, version as well. And that's the important one to point out. Because the what I'm interested in with the Switch version is how... I, I trust Respawn, right? Because Titanfall 1 and 2 ran at 60 frames per second on the original Xbox One. So they are a studio that is known to push for higher frame rate over higher fidelity vi- visuals, right? But I'm just interested in seeing if they can actually push a full 60 on the Switch. Because some games can, like Burnout Paradise Remastered came out the other day, right? That runs at a native 1080p 60. And if anything, I feel like Apex, the, the biggest question though is account merging. Because Overwatch, right? Your PC account does not move over to the Switch, which means like any skins and stuff don't switch over, which is annoying because then you're rebuying loot boxes. Yeah, that's the thing. That's, a, that's a, the, I'm not clear on the details about the like the difference with like is it the same account? Are you like are you like connecting? Like is it like Destiny where you like connect your account? Right? Is that what Destiny does? Right? Like where you? Well, right now you're you're or, or with Origins, right? Apex is tied to your EA account, and if you play on console, you can also link it to your EA account. So. In theory, if anything, like even if even if like whatever console you play on has different season progression, I feel like that's fine. It's just cosmetics, right? Because I don't want to pay for Loba. Yeah, it's like the it's like purchases. Like, what about yeah? That's that's the thing I'm like like that's the thing I'm curious about. Like, how they're gonna handle that, and how they're gonna handle like you know, obviously this is a first person shooter, and obviously there's uh, a difference between playing with with a controller and difference with playing with a mouse and keyboard right there is a well i would think they do matchmaking based off of input method because that's how warzone works right like for example warzone you can play on console with a keyboard and mouse you can do it on xbox then you get matched with other keyboard and mouse players on pc because that all runs at 60 so that, i feel like that's more of a solved problem but i i just think this is a benefit right because obviously apex has some pretty high wait times we've been waiting a couple minutes i feel like anything to bring down matchmaking times a bigger player base is great like crossplay i think in general has bigger benefits than it has, say, like negatives to it. And EA's been doing it pretty well. There's like other games. I think um, Need for Speed just got it. Um, they're bringing crossplay to some other games, and I'm I'm very much a fan of this move. Yeah, I'm I'm a fan of EA, and I guess the I guess the biggest narrative here is that they are coming back to Steam in a big way, which is like I guess they figured that they might as well, right? Like I, I'm thinking that they're not seeing enough success in Origin. Uh, to justify is does this mean that Origin will eventually go away? I don't think it will, but like, well, I would actually argue they're coming back to Steam because they probably worked out a pretty good deal with Valve. Because then Ubisoft did it. Ubisoft start putting games on Steam again after like you yes, play or something they, like that. They had a little little bit of a tantrum, I think, uh, and then they. They have to put it back because I think most of their sales come from Steam anyway. Like, like my conspiracy theory is Epic went to these developers, right? And was like, hey, we can do this. And then they went to Steam and said, hey, we'll go to Steam if you give us a better cut. And then Valve's like, fuck, we don't want Epic Store exclusive. So they just let the cut be slower, right? So these companies could come back to Steam. That's my like conspiracy theory on this. That's, I mean, that, uh, that, I mean, that, that would be illogical. <laughs> I mean, that would make sense at least. Uh, there's usually business reasons these things happen. So it's like, so I don't know if Origin is just getting sidelined now or like if they're going to keep developing Origin. I, like, I, I don't know what the plan is here, like what the long term plan is for EA. Like, uh, like is the next Star, like the next Star Wars game was, uh, was announced as well, right? Like, oh, there was a, oh, not announced, like there was a trailer, right? Yeah, Star Wars Squadrons. Actually, it's pretty. F- pretty fire and also it, has crossplay I mean, at launch too yeah it, it looks okay but i'm like a little bit like i'm not like like i there I, for a long time i have been looking for a like a fighter like not a sim but like uh, like a arc, sort of arcadey fighter like you fly fly uh, a jet or like a spaceship, like a fighter spaceship in 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 space, and do uh, dog fights, right? Like for a long time, I've looked for a game like this, and I haven't found it. One that really fits like the full arcadey thing, and is not a sim, right? It's not like elite dangerous, which is like 
extremely complicated. Uh, like, not like that, but more arcade thing. Like, and this looks like it might hit the mark, right? Like, I don't, I don't really care about the Star Wars part of it, but like, you know, it looks like a game that has some interesting, uh, space, uh, space, uh, PVE combat, I guess. Uh, I would imagine it's, you probably do PVP. I don't know what, what, what the, what the, what the plan is. Uh, but it looks interesting. It is PVP. Yeah. Yeah, it's teams of five that you would fight on. They 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 showed that during the uh, gameplay trailer. So yeah, so overall, I like as my, I mean, obviously, it's a third party developer, and I'm not really going to give them the world. But I think the moves that EA are making here is pretty great. Like having Apex on Switch, even if you play on PC, right? Like being able to just play it on the go is still pretty dope. And uh, Star Wars, this game looks pretty good. And lastly, lastly, Skate Four, we're back <laughs> at it. Fuck yeah, <laughs> skates. Listen, we. <laughs> there's no debate over tony hawk pro skater and skate these are both great right like the skate series skate three I, I i'm sorry that you didn't play either of them you know that's you should go buy them give ea money because skate is good skate skateboarding games are fire tony hawk pro skater is like that it's the need for speed underground of skate games right and then you got skate which is more like the the forza motorsport 7 of, of skate games it's more realistic but they're both fire and any new skate games is great we literally just got an announcement saying there's a skate game being developed but you know what i need skateboarding games in my life and um this and the tony hawk pro All skater right. remaster I mean, that's coming out i hope it's i mean i hope it's skate four because everybody seems to want that, oh no so it's, it's, it's like, a free to play mobile game we're gonna have a three-hour episode of me just screaming for for three hours like trust <laughs> me. it's gonna <laughs> it's gonna you're gonna be like something was right about ea uh, exactly so that's i think that, that wasn't much of there was some sim stuff i don't i don't know if there was anything like I, I, i'm not i don't play sims uh, uh listen to Gita on waypoint radio for more sims right like i yes definitely definitely go listen to waypoint radio uh it's a re- recommendation uh for me uh it's a good podcast i recommend it uh so let's wrap this up with uh we have like an hour in i feel like it's a good time to wrap it up um as always uh show notes on two shades of brown.com there's going to be a lot of links this week uh, you can email us, contact at twoshadesofbrown.com. Uh, and like, if you're an iOS developer, like, what are your thoughts on the current situation? Like, I would love to hear from iOS developers. Uh, small. By large. the way, there's many multiple current situations in this world. Right now, we're specifically talking about the App Store current situation. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the Apple App Store situation. Like, what, what are your thoughts on, like, what, what do you think? Like, do you feel, do you feel like you, you resent Apple? Uh, or what? Like, what? What do you like? Just, just hit us with the feedback. Uh, if you are a skate fanboy, uh, please actually just don't add me. Just add Chosa directly because uh, I don't care. Fan person because skateboarding is of all genders. Skateboarding's punk as fuck. But um, and please at at Static with with clips of dope Thrasher runs and Tony Hawk Pro Skater. You know that's that's what blow up his mentions with memes. Yeah, sure. Uh, you can find me. Uh, at packetcat at 10forward.social. Uh, my website is sonicsave.com and obviously patreon.com slash packetcat. And show us where the people find you on the internet. Um, you can find me having hot takes about why Sember is bad on Mastodon at showsfind at twitter.xyz. You can also find my website, showsfind.website. And if you want a high quality 64k bit opus encode that is marginally larger in file size usually than the regular mp3 version but sounds way better you can get that at patreon.com slash chose fun right and with that goodbye bye